I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I won't let my body outweigh, outweigh everything that I'm made of. Won't spend my life trying to change. I'm learning to love who I am. I am strong. I feel free. I know every part of me is beautiful. And I will always outweigh. If you feel it, put your hands in the air Show some love to the new while you're there Let's take it one day at a time Cause you and I outweigh Happy Saturday, Outweigh fam. And I guess as we say happy Saturday, just a quick little note here that Lisa and I have tossed around moving the Outweigh episodes to another day, but we will definitely give you a heads up if that happens. So just (laughs) want y'all in on the conversations we're having of, you know, possibly moving it from a Saturday to another day. So you're not totally surprised if that does happen. Um, But today's episode, we're going to talk about a question that I sent to Lisa because it was a genuine thought that I had. And I don't really know that I know the right answer. I know what's been working for me when it comes to trigger foods. But my question to Lisa was, should I keep trigger foods in the house, like in the pantry, in the fridge? And, you know, my thought process, Lisa, behind sending this was, you know, we've talked about the as if mentality. And for me, when I'm shopping at the grocery store, if I see Oreos, and I know I want the Oreos. I don't know why Oreos are always my go-to example, but they are maybe because I just never would have allowed Oreos in my house, but I throw them in my cart sometimes as if, just because I want to put them in my cart as if that's normal for me to buy them. And I put them in my pantry as if it's normal for me to have them in my pantry. And now they can sit there 
for weeks, sometimes even months at a time. And I was the girl where that was not a possibility whatsoever. If I bought a thing of Oreos, I didn't trust myself. So I either had to eat as many as I could. And then of course I would get sick feeling and then I would have to just throw them in the trash and destroy them somehow, get them wet or spray them with something so that I couldn't eat them. So anyway, my question for you being the expert is, should you keep trigger foods in the house? Great question. And I think you really did a great job explaining what a trigger food is. But for anybody listening, I think the way Amy's defining that is any food that you feel like you can't be controlled around. So those foods that if you have one, you will have them all. And my my answer really stems from personal experience and working with clients over the years. And two specific clients come to mind when we talk about this. One was a client who was obsessed with dried mangoes. And I give that example because it could be any food. It could be an Oreo. It could be a blueberry. It could be a raisin. It could be raisin bran. And what it is really doesn't matter. It's your relationship to that food. I want to throw in, since you're saying that, that yes, hummus used to be on my list of things I couldn't trust myself around because yes, it, it's you know made of chickpeas and has all the quote unquote healthy ingredients that fit my box. However, I couldn't buy a thing of hummus without completely finishing off the thing of hummus. So then it got to where I wasn't even allowing myself to have hummus because again, I couldn't trust myself. So hummus was a trigger to me overeating something. So yeah, I'm glad you clarified that because people maybe need to examine as they're thinking through this, like what foods have played that role in my life before? And mine too was actually hummus for a while. I forgot about that. And in college, the joke used to be that I would buy the party size for myself and go through an entire container of it. And I think that stems from the idea of hummus is quote unquote healthy and therefore I can eat all of it. But then you eat all of it and you still feel bad about it somehow, right? And that's because whether again, it's an Oreo or hummus or chickpea, whatever it is, it doesn't really matter. It's your relationship to that food and whether you trust yourself, whether you've put that food on a pedestal and what's kind of happening because of all of that. So the client with the dried mango, I remember when she came into my office and she said, I cannot keep dried mangoes in my house. If I keep them in my house, I will eat every single one of them. And my reply was, it's time to go shopping for dried mangoes and start having them regularly. Another client, and we'll get to kind of how both these stories ended up. Another client had these like special cookies. They were from like Switzerland or something. And she's like, I cannot have just a single cookie. And I was like, I promise you, that it's possible for you to enjoy a single cookie because she was eating 10, 15 cookies to the point where it doesn't matter what the food is, nothing's enjoyable at that level when you're feeling so stuffed physically and mentally going through the guilt because of you've eaten so much and um, you're afraid of those quote unquote consequences. And she looked at me and she's like, Lisa, you don't understand. These are the most special cookies. And I'm like, I get it. I've been there too with my own, you know, special cookie. And both of them we reintroduced into their life in a way that I want to encourage anybody listening to do in the same way. And I mean, weeks, months later, both of them said the same thing. Either A, the one with the cookie was like, wow, I can really enjoy and savor a cookie, two cookies, three cookies, whatever. And the other one was like, I forget the dried mangoes are in my house. And 
the freedom that comes with that. It's not about eating less. It's not about not eating it. It's just about not being so absorbed with the food that it's all you can think about. And when you consume them, they kind of take over. My own anecdotal story as well was, besides for the hummus, was chocolate covered almonds. This was this food that if I had one chocolate covered almond, I would eat all the chocolate covered almonds. And they're a heavy food. A nut is a calorically dense food that can provide us with a lot of energy. And therefore eating that in mass amounts is going to leave you quite uncomfortable, especially if it's a snack, right? Not part of my meal. Long story short is I found with myself that like two years ago, I remember when we were living in DC, I opened up the cabinet and I saw the chocolate covered almonds just sitting there. And I was like, I forgot that I even had those. And I think I wrote a post about it like literally two years ago. And I was like, this is what happens when you make room for the quote unquote bad foods that you can't be controlled around in your life. They simply just become part of your everyday life that you sometimes think about, sometimes don't think about. And I think that's, that's the freedom there. I want to recognize too, because Lisa and I've been on both sides of things. And now that I'm in recovery, I'm like, I just want to scream from the rooftops. Yes, there is hope. Like, yes, food doesn't have to be on a pedestal. I, you mentioned the word pedestal a few minutes ago. And I think that's a great way to put it is we elevate these foods and make them so amazing. But sometimes when we bring them back down to reality, they're really not as great as we made them out to be. So there's that hope too. There's a lot that I have allowed myself to have, even this last year in recovery, where I take a bite of something that I even remember from my teenage years being so special that like I denied myself it all the time. And now I take a bite and I'm like, oh, wow, I was really obsessed with this. These are gross. Like yes. I, I got no satisfaction from this whatsoever. So there's that piece of hope there for you. But then also I want to recognize that, you know, when Lisa mentioned her post on, you know, the chocolate covered almonds, old me that wasn't in recovery would have seen a post like that and been hopeful. Yes. But also like, oh, that's so great. That happened for her, but that could, that will never happen for me. That just seems so impossible and it seems so out of reach. And I want to speak to whoever that person is that might be listening to Lisa and I talk about this and be like, well, this is really great for y'all, but this will never happen for me. I'm more damaged or I have more going on or I just have way more issues than y'all ever had. I want y'all to know I had all those same thoughts. So I hope that you hear this and you're not discouraged, you're encouraged and you know that we're sharing this so that you know that there is, there is that hope. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if... no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick 
I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm glad to hear that my approach was was right. I, I don't know if I heard that from somewhere else, and it might not be for everybody. I want you to speak to that too in how people introduce it because I am in a healthy place where I can live in that as if. You know, every person is so different that, yeah, what works for me might not work for you. But Lisa, I'm curious to see your take on that. So I want to I want to give you some actionable things to do so that you can start bringing those foods off of the pedestal and down to what you called, Amy, reality. And I also just want to mention that your relationship to said food will continue to evolve. And I'm in the next evolution of my relationship to chocolate covered almonds, where, you know, first it was I would binge on them. Then it was I'd forget about them. And now I'm so happy to report that in my postpartum experience, the high of my day is from chocolate covered almonds. So there isn't a complete neutrality or that, or like Amy said, where she'd eat a food from her past and be like, eh, I don't really like them. When I eat these foods, they're the high of my day right now in postpartum. They provide me with just this sweetness and serotonin, the happy hormones in our brain. And it's so cool that I'm able to enjoy them and eat them and sometimes more than the amount of just a handful. And then I'm still not swarmed with that guilt, even if I overdo it. So 
again, just kind of highlighting here that your relationships to these foods will change. The goal is not to eat less, but rather to be present to what's going on and really break down and understand why these foods are trigger foods for them. So getting into the nitty gritty of how you can start to break these foods down and knock them off that pedestal. So tip number one is to eat these foods when you're not craving them. And that might sound really crazy because you might reserve them for that special occasion, whether it's, you know, your birthday and you're allowed to have it or Thanksgiving and you're allowed to have it or just when you have that intense craving. But going into it with that intense craving is still keeping them on a pedestal. It says, I can't have them now unless I really, really want them. So eat them when you aren't completely craving them, thinking about them all the time, which really means introduce them to your daily life. The best way to do that, tip number two, is to add them into your normal meals. So let's say a food for me, one of the foods that I also struggled with as a trigger food was French fries. So I made a point to order French fries with my normal meals, whether I went to lunch and I really wanted a salad. Oh, great. Can I have a side of fries with that, too? So that I was introducing them and not just eating them on their own, which would typically lead to the binge because I'd only eat them at these specified occasions on their own and then therefore they were the problem so a good way to do this is to also pair it with a safe food so a food that you feel really comfortable with add it onto that plate make sense yeah love that the next tip is to avoid eating these foods on an empty stomach so everything tastes better when we are hungrier because biologically that's what's keeping us alive the hungrier we are the more our body is asking for fuel and therefore we feel like we can't stop because our bodies are trying to get that fuel in as fast as it possibly can that's your body taking care of you but you might misinterpret that as you can't be controlled so a good way to separate that is to not eat these foods on an empty stomach so maybe it's again with the meal or maybe it's an afterthought to the meal and my final tip is to take a pause before you eat the food and simply ask yourself do I want them because I think so often we're tangled up it it sounds so simple I know but sometimes we're so tangled up in the story of it's my birthday I'm allowed to have them it's Saturday night this is my cheat day whatever it is that we just go running for it and those wheels are turning so fast that we are shoving the food in our mouth we're not even enjoying it because the guilt train is already you know out the gate and we haven't even checked in to say do I want it in this moment and that answer really might be yes and it really might be no but taking that pause for a second is giving yourself a chance to decide what's going on i think the pausing is so important because for so long so many years at least for me i lived in such a disconnected state to eating it was almost like a it turned into some sort of a zombie or something Mm, same but i was present because i i was getting the what is it? Is it a dopamine hit or dopamine what am- and serotonin when we eat, especially if it's sugar or carb or fat foods, uh, feel good for our brain. Yeah. So I was, especially if I had a planned binge or I was in a situation where I knew I was going to get to indulge in this. I mean, there was a certain level of excitement where I was present for a minute and I got rewarded, but then it all went out the window and I turned into almost, yes, I guess we'll describe it as a zombie. I didn't even know what I was doing. And now I'm thinking of zombie and walking dead. And I'm like, maybe that's not even the right analogy. Well, I think we understand what you mean when you're in a trance and you just can't stop. But 
again, like if it feels good, the best thing you're going to want to do is chase that high. And yes. that high is going to feel much higher if it's on an empty stomach, if you're not allowed to eat this food at a certain time, if it's your one window to do so. So it's less about, you know, should I keep this food in the house? Yes, that's the answer. It's really about breaking down all your other structures and relationships to food, food timing, you know, all these different things that play into that situation. And being present with your food can be one of the tips like that Lisa said and having gratitude for what you're about to take in and take some deep breaths and combining all of those tips that you shared, I think are super important and helpful. And, you know, we're all at different stages. So don't beat yourself up if, you know, you're not quite where you can tackle any of those tips just yet, but keep them in your back pocket and start testing them out because you never know. Like when, once you give yourself that success, at least for me, and I could show myself that I could do it, I just kept taking that one next right step. And another next right step. And the last thing I just want to add is for many of you, when you go and, and buy that, let's use your Oreo example, when you bring it home the first time, it's very likely that you will quote unquote fail. You will eat all of the Oreos because that is step one. Step one is allowing it into your life after so long it not being allowed into your life. I put that word fail in quotes because it's not a fail. It's your first major leap in breaking down the cycle because what happens next is going to be different. Yes, you're going to have those daunting thoughts that say, I have to go do blah, blah, blah to burn it off. I can't keep the Oreos in my house. But then you're going to take another pause that says, I'm working on my relationship to food and this is step one. And I'm doing the best that I can in this very moment. So I don't want to sugarcoat this process as you know, you try it and you're there. I want to encourage you to continue with the process, even if you think that you're failing, because what we've coined as a fail is not a fail. It's you learning to trust yourself. Thank you, Lisa, for helping with that question and breaking down, you know, can we keep trigger foods in the house? And so hopefully this was helpful to y'all. We would love to hear from you. We're still taking personal stories. If you have one that you think you would like to share with our Outweigh family, you can email us hello at outweighpodcast.com. We'll have that in the show notes as well. So you, in case you forget, you can just click on there, send us a note. Or if you have any topic ideas or a question you would like answered, just like I sent that question to Lisa, you could send us your questions as well. So thanks for joining us and we hope you have a great rest of your day. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. 
And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 